Gentlemen, welcome to the Insider's Edge podcast here on the WCWA Network. I'm your host with the most on the West Coast, California Imperial. It's a joy to be with you all once again. And speaking of a joy, right here, right now, I get to speak to a legend of deathmatch wrestling. That's right. I get to speak to the former IWA Deep South heavyweight champion, Carnage Cup 10 winner. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one and only, the incomparable, the angel of death, John Rare. How are you, sir? I am doing good, gentlemen. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, bro. Uh, really appreciate your time here on the show. Um, John, as per usual, the first question on the podcast for everyone that I have on is, how did you become a wrestling fan before you got into the wrestling business? Well, growing up, you know, we used to watch WWF back in the day. Like, I was a huge, uh, I'd say my first person that I was a real big fan of was Ultimate Warrior. But I was watching Randy Savage at, you know, Madison Square Garden and stuff like that way before then. But, uh, you know, uh, one video that definitely changed my life was uh, ICP's Stranglemania. And that introduced me to a whole different style of uh, wrestling right there. <laughs> awesome. I believe you're only a couple years older than me. So it's kind of cool to uh, have someone on the show that's, you know, from my era, I suppose, uh, uh, as far as wrestling fandom is concerned, but that's cool. Uh, so Stranglemania is, you know, quite a quite a, an eye opener when you're used to seeing kind of the cartoony WrestleMania uh, era, the from the golden era of uh, pro wrestling. Um, from there, you know, how did you get uh, into? Uh, f- you know, did you uh, discover ECW? Did you discover uh, any other sort of uh, hardcore wrestling? Maybe some Japanese stuff. Uh, how did your kind of uh, love for that style evolve? Well, I, I honestly, I met, I, I did see ECW before I ever seen a uh, strangle mania. And, you know, that's when it was a uh, late night at like one o'clock in the morning on a local channel. But, you know, it was still televised. So it wasn't, you know, deathmatch style. I just seen it as extreme hardcore, uh, you know, the Dugleys and the Rottens and all the, you know, uh, Sandman, all them crazy people. But, you know, every Monday, it was Monday Night Raw for me. I wasn't WCW at all back in those days. But, uh, you know, I love going back now and watching WCW because it was definitely a hell of a product, 10 times better than what we get nowadays. You're totally right. You're totally on the button there as, as it pertains to that. These were like the best years to be a fan of pro wrestling as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I think I'm getting this right. I did I did a real deep dive on some research here, John. Uh did you do backyard wrestling uh, back before you got into the pro wrestling business? And, and if so, uh, what would you say are your fondest memories of your of your time doing that? Well, you know, a lot of people uh, don't know this, but yeah, I did. I did backyard wrestling. Actually, I started my first match was March twenty fifth of two thousand, and uh, I actually introduced the character Thumbtack Jack before the real Thumbtack Jack did his character and you know a lot of people don't know that i was thumbtack jack in the backyard before he was thumbtack jack in the pros 
And, you know, I did that up in uh, Illinois. We did backyard from 2000 all the way to almost 2001. So I, if you look at the timeline, I was actually still doing backyard wrestling when I was doing pro wrestling. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, look, man, I, I did it too. Well, all my friends did it back in the day. So, um, you know, and it, they, they kind of cherish memories in the, like a, a, a simpler time. Um, so, okay, you're doing backyard wrestling. How do you figure out like your way to get into the business? You know, whether was there a local company that you used to go to or were you reading through magazines to find out where you could possibly, you know, um, get training or, or um become a member of a ring crew or something how did you find your way in well me and uh rj who was my partner in the backyard days we actually looked up uh dory funk jr's school which was in florida and for the longest time that was going to be our uh destination that's where we wanted to go but you know time kills dreams and time kills all hope and you know things dwindled and we never actually did it and uh, like I said, that was up in Illinois. I actually did not even go to see uh, like the local feds up there. I'd go to watch WWE at the Kill Center, which was uh, St. Louis, but I would never go watch local feds. I didn't actually go to the local feds till I moved down here in Alabama, in which that was uh, Russell Birmingham, which is, you know, Linda Marks. And uh, I was actually just hugely disappointed in it when I first uh, went to my first show. Would you say that was because um, everyone in the local, uh, in comparison to watching uh, a WWF show, weren't as larger than life? Would that be it? It was, it was that, and I think my uh, art for hardcore was strong at that point. And, you know, Russell Birmingham is definitely a uh, watered-down, you know, generic version of, any vision that I seen of wrestling. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so uh, you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier when you first started wrestling professionally. My research could be wrong because the internet is just terrible sometimes for me. Uh, but it stated that you made your debut in 2006. Is, is that incorrect? Um, 2006 is actually when we first started training for pro. Now, 2006 is whenever we... Uh, started backyard wrestling alabama that's where i kind of got notarized as that backyard guy because that's when people started seeing the thumbtack jack character as me so everyone was hate you know you had your haters that were like oh that's you know thumbtack jack is a real wrestler and you're a backyard <laughs> wrestler that's when john rare started getting a little bit you know internet known for backyard but uh my first pro match was 2007, but 06 was when we, whenever we really put things in motion to, uh, you know, go pro and try to do stuff like that. Cool. So everyone's getting mad at you, even though they didn't realize that you had the name before uh, the real thumbtack, the other thumbtack chat had. Uh, so that's just kind of funny. Um, but uh, one question I had is, tell me about the first time you met Kevin Brandon from IWA Deep South. You know, what's funny about me and Kevin's relationship is the first time we met, it uh, wasn't the best of occasions because uh, it was actually Carnage Cup 5, which was, you know, a star-studded show with who? Thumbtack Jack, <laughs> Nick Gage, uh, Danny Havoc, you know, a lot of good people on that show. I rented the ring that night through a third party. And, you know, the third party 
uh, said that I would actually have a match on the show. And, you know, obviously that didn't go through the line through Kevin and everything. So after me and uh, one of my friends, Talon, who is the partner of New Religion, got there, uh, you know, Kevin was like, uh, I don't have no room for an extra match on there. So I ended up not wrestling, which pissed me off hugely. <laughs> but I did get to sit uh, ringside, you know, watch Thumbtack Jack and all them. Got to hang out with a few of them after the show. But, you know, yeah, my our, uh, and he actually paid me more to just sit on, sit in a chair and not wrestle. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so uh, how did it, you, you finally come to, to find your way into making your debut for the company? Well, let's see. The next Carnage Cup was Carnage Cup 6. And uh, he actually warded me on that show. But by the time he reached out to me, I was actually booked on wrestle Birmingham on the same night to wrestle. Uh, I think I was going to be in the ring with Brad Armstrong, but he canceled at the last minute. So I ended up getting in there with a uh, nightmare Ted Allen instead, but that was where we were supposed to have happened at, but it didn't happen. And then I think on his next show, which was called uh, Southern discomfort, I finally debuted for IWA deep South. And, you know, we kicked ass that night, stole the show. And I've been on every show, pretty much every show since. Awesome stuff, bro. And and one thing I wanted to bring up here was your first IWA Deep South Carnage Cup. I'm sure you've been asked about this a lot. On February 26, 2011, at the Coleman National Guard Armory in Coleman, Alabama, you're working with Spider Boudreaux, your your beloved uh, biggest rival in, in pro wrestling, uh, in round one in the first Saw death match. Uh, can you just explain for those out there that don't understand the concept of the match, what is a sword death match and, and what stands out uh, to you the most about the first one that you had with him? You know, the first one is definitely, you know, there was razors, uh, needle, like, you know, needles that you sew shit with. Those were on tables. It was basically the sharpest stuff that he could throw into that match is how he did it. And, uh, this was actually the first time that me and Spider ever met. A lot of, you know, a lot of internet bullshit that you hear, you know, they thought me and Spider were actually backyard buddies. And, you know, this was the first time me and him ever met. But, you know, we clicked huge that night. Uh, I was still kind of green at this point, And I actually hit him with a chair wrong uh, more than once, you know, backwards. And, you know, Sp I've seen Spider kill people for less than that. And, you know, he was just a huge pro with me that night, took care of me. And, you know, we ended up making a match that people still talk about to this day. Yeah, I, I watched it yesterday. Uh, what was it? Was it a box cutter that you jammed into his arm? Yep. And, you know, that was it. It wasn't even the original spot. Like right. he, he had one. I had one. We were supposed to just kind of you know, swipe at each other a little bit. And I was going to eventually just get him in the head and gig him real good. And he just came up with the idea to stab him in the arm. And the only thing that he told me, he was like, don't hit a tattoo and we'll be all right. And I was like, all right. <laughs> like no, no hesitation on that one. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. It was just the, the blood pissing out. Uh, it was, it's quite the visual, um, but yes. And a, and a huge finish to the match that, side slam off the uh top of the um vending machine really really uh crazy shit um uh so uh, i will i will talk to you more about uh, uh your times with 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 him uh later throughout the interview but uh 
Uh, you work with Neil Diamond Cutter in the semis in an Exorcist death match. How did you like working with Neil? It was smooth. It was a very good match. A lot of people even said that that was the match of the night. And I think that that match actually kind of got shoved under the rug a little bit because of, you know, all the craziness that did happen that night. Like that, to me, that was a damn good classic match between me and Neil. Yeah, cool, bro. Uh, and one thing I wanted to ask you a little bit about was uh, the character, the angel of death. Where, where did you come up with, uh, you know, the idea with the face paint and everything? Actually, I mean, my idea was just the face paint. Uh, and Kevin, Kevin Brandon actually came up with the angel of death part. Because at that time, I was just going by uh, John Rare. I, I would go by the Nightmare John Rare sometimes, but it was mainly John Rare. And uh, Kevin Brandon just came up with the moniker uh, Angel of Death. And the mask that I wore out during me and Neil's match, it was kind of just more of a tribute to Talon, which is, you know, my partner in the new religion. He was out there at ringside. So I kind of just wore it out there. And ever since, since then, it kind of stuck and I've kept it. Oh, very cool. Um, time to bring up uh, Carnage Cup 8 on March 21st and April 1st, 2012 at Donna's Bayon and Cafe in Elkmont, Alabama. You defeat Madman Pondo uh, in round one in a deep sea death match. What was it like working with one of the all-time greats of, of death match? You know, I was definitely excited about it and everything. Uh, me and his, me and him, our chemistry didn't uh, click too well. Like, I don't know what it was. We just, we didn't uh, collide very well in the ring. Uh, you know, we didn't have no ill feelings towards each other afterwards, but, you know, you could definitely see the match and it wasn't a, wasn't a very good match. And I, I've said this a million times that I definitely realized that I wasn't ring ready to be back in the ring by Carnage Cup 8. Like, if you've ever watched uh, 10 Years of Carnage, you actually yeah. hear an interview with me whenever I say I took the booking for Carnage Cup 8 while I was still on crutches. So it was really a rushed process to get me back in the ring, and I definitely wasn't ready for that show. But I did it for the main reason to do Saul 2 with uh, Cat, I mean, uh, Spider. But me and uh, Pondo, our, just, our chemistry didn't match too well that, that day. Right. Fair enough. And that, that was what I was going to bring up next was Saw 2. Um, tell me about it. And how difficult was it for you both to try and top the first one? Are you there? Sorry. Yeah, I'm here. So I, it dropped out for a second. Anyway, I'll ask the question again. Uh, uh, Saw 2 was the next day with Spider. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about it and, and how difficult was it to top the first one? You know, we basically went into the best, this one a little bit different because we knew the bump, my, my bumping was limited still. So we basically tried to up the ante with all the uh, saw blades and sharp shit everywhere and uh, you know I, I always tell the story that i told kevin that i would come off the ladder for the final and you know i was expecting like a six foot ladder or eight foot ladder he comes out there and brings like a 14 foot ladder <laughs> and i was just like god damn kevin but you know i ended up doing it anyway but you know uh me and spider's uh chemistry was always smooth in the ring like, out of all the Saw matches, that was probably my least favorite one, but it was still damn good. And, you know, uh, it meant the world to me and Spider just to be able to do that one again in front of a hot crowd. Very cool. Uh, another thing I found in my research, uh, 
I believe you ran a, a wrestling uh, company called Birmingham Hardcore Wrestling. Is that true? Yes. Me and uh, Michael Ray Frog from Frog's Ink House, we were uh, co-owners of that. Right. And how's the experience of, uh, you know, being a promoter? I've always enjoyed it, but that was the first time I've ever partnered up with somebody. Like I was the promoter for, uh, let's see, Bama Wrestling Alliance. And uh, let's see, Bama, I thought I was another one, but maybe that's just it. Bama Wrestling Alliance and Birmingham Hardcore. But Birmingham Hardcore, you know, we kind of had more money backing us for that one. And this was before the Alabama Athletic Commission came in. So we really wanted to put on these hardcore deathmatch shows to kind of compete with IWA Deep South in a friendly way. But then uh, the commission came in and just, you know, shut down anything hardcore in Alabama. So that was our vision was hardcore. So we didn't co- we, we only ran two shows. We had a third one planned and we were going to abide by the commission. But the county we were doing it in tried to hit us with a, like a $500 fee that basically would just went into their pockets. So we canceled. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I completely understand it. It must be frustrating, but you know, still you had that experience, which is pretty cool. Uh, you also work a bit for a company called LXW league of extraordinary wrestlers, which I think is a fantastic name. Uh, tell me, tell me a little bit about that experience and uh, the Uber mention. Yeah. The, the, you know, the Uber mention, let me tell you, it was controversial as hell like originally he even wanted it to be called the army of darkness which is you know has ties to the nazis and shit like that that was his whole purpose was to push the limit as far as he could go and you know we ended up not doing the army of darkness and uh he wanted to go with the uber mention which means like in german it's like it's the superior something basically you know the the greatest of the great but uh he really pushed the envelope on trying to do that group, the Uber mention. And, you know, like the whole League of Extraordinary Wrestlers was nothing but gimmicks. And it was basically, you know, Dragon Gate, Shakara, that kind of stuff all wrapped into one with crazy ass gimmicks. It was basically a gimmick uh, promotion. But uh, I held every title in that uh, that league and hell, uh, we, the Uber mention pretty much dominated it. Cool. Yeah, I just wanted to learn a little bit about that, um, you know, because most of what I've seen has been from uh, Deep South. So thank you for sharing. Um, Carnage Cup 9, November 16th and 17th of 2013 at the SWF Arena in Tullahoma, Tennessee. Uh, you lose to Christian Cross, Christian, uh, Christian Cross, there we go, in the first round. Uh, and then it's time for Saw 3, which was the infamous one with the double pin. Um, was there always a plan to do it one more time after this? And 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 how did you feel number three went? You know, I always consider the third one one of our best ones. Like, I loved that one. Uh, Kevin wanted another stab spot in it. And, you know, uh, I think me and Spider agreed to it, and we just kind of looked at each other and we're like, we're not doing a damn stab spot. We wanted that one to stick out because of what we actually did in the ring and everything without having to, you know, do a gimmick, even though, you know, we, I stabbed them for real, but we didn't want a gimmick to be what everybody remembered from that match. And, you know, Saw 3, a lot of people do consider it being the best Saw. We just went out there and had a killer damn match. Now, Christian Cross, you know, we set that up 
to be like the the holy shit moment where the underdog that you know these locals hated like these people knew christian cross prior so they just hated this dude and we let him pick up that surprise victory over me and like the whole crowd was shocked over that that's really cool as fans we always love those kinds of moments um before I talk about Carnage Cup 10, this is something that I've asked every single guy that's been on the show that has done a deathmatch tournament. Um, the day of a tournament, is there an atmosphere in the air, John, that is different from the usual? What do you do to mentally and physically prepare for a day like this? You know, I, I don't know if it's just something about me, but I've always had this mentality, like, you know, the the big match or the big show, I don't ever usually let it even get to me. Uh, and I, I didn't let it get to me this day, you know, either day either. On Carnage Cup 10, um, you definitely couldn't tell it in the ring, but I was sick as hell both days. Like, just miserably sick. And uh, the, what was that, Saw 4, you know, me and Chewie killed it. Me and Chewie was half drunk in our match. <laughs> but I was completely wasted for Saw 4. Like, between the medicine that I was on trying to, you know, deal with my cold that I had, yeah. and me and a spider killed a, I don't know if it was a fifth or whatever the hell it was, of uh, Jim Bean before we walked <laughs> out to the ring. I was, I mean, I was completely wasted. And, you know, me and, and all, I mean, it was a damn good match. You would never tell the condition that I was in for that match but yeah i was wasted as hell <laughs> um you know you, you have these these days where you do these tournaments and uh it, it's such an adrenaline fueled day uh, and you're more than likely to have a few aches and pains uh, how how did you personally recover from from such a, a crazy day of of, of deathmatch wrestling you know on carnage cup 10 i actually had some pretty severe cuts from uh, the razor wire because I got power bombed into it. I went face first into it. Um, that's the one where I cut my uh, fingertip where the meat was actually hanging because that's whenever I had to go wrap it. <coughs> but uh, besides some just really deep cuts, I was actually really good after that show. And uh, uh, what's funny is like right after that one, I believe, is when we did uh, the, the first ever softcore cup, if I'm right. Maybe not. Maybe softcore cup was before that. But I know the next show was like a really soft show. So you go from like the the hardcore, uh, biggest hardcore you could go to, to like the smallest easy shit. <laughs> and, you know, my, my philosophy is always just don't let it get to you. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and uh, again, I, I dug so deep in my research and I, I was surprised to uh, see no instances of uh, of you working for IWA Mid South or CZW <coughs> or or any other uh, deathmatch tournament around the country. Um, was there a, was there a reason for that at all? Well, you know, a lot of my issues were on like traveling, as I used to work weekends. Like my that's my former job. I'd work weekends and Saturdays, and I just could not travel like that. But, um. From everything that I've ever heard about, you know, Mid-South, I never wanted to work with Mid-South. So, you know, they could have reached out to him and I I never would have went to him. But uh, Chewy 
got me booked or, you know, Chewy wanted me booked on, uh, I think, a Primos at one point, but it was over there in Colorado. Obviously, like a 20-hour drive or however long the uh, flight is, but I just couldn't do it because, of, you know, the working the weekend bullshit. I wish I would have, but because I don't work there anymore and that company, you know, kind of fucked me on my bookings when it comes to the weekends. But uh, Brett Lauderdale, after... Was see, after Carnage Cup 11, Brett Lauderdale actually reached out to me and Spider to do a match on uh, Jimmy Lloyd's birthday bash, but Spider never wrestled again because of, you know, his injuries from Carnage Cup 11. So, you know, he declined, and I was still injured because that's whenever I broke my ribs too. So I declined, but me and him never, you know, or he never reached back out to us to do another thing after that. But, you know, Lauderdale did reach out to us to do a show for him, one match. Right. Okay, that's cool. Um, learning things there that I didn't know before. Um, again, wanted to bring up Carnage Cup 10, because um, I, I, I guess you might regard this as kind of your grandest achievement for, for winning the tournament. Um, round one, uh, barefoot pin cushion death match with Colt 45. Uh, then, of course, uh, with Chewy in the sadistic playground match for the semis the next day. And then there's a four-way, no rope, barbed wire, razor wire, no canvas, firecracker, board sheet, rocks <laughs> match uh, against Brightwoods, Josh Crane, and Spider. Um, so for you, when you look back, is this kind of like, is this a grand achievement for you? It, it is. Like, you know, when I won the IWA championship, I considered that at that time, like my biggest achievement because I didn't know I was going to win it that night. That was at a uh, thunder. I think that's LXW thunder mania. Whenever I won the IWA championship from spider in a ladder match with like six or seven other, I think it was seven other people. You know, I considered that my biggest achievement and uh, you know, and I didn't know I was even winning that till the day of. And uh, you know, I had a feeling I was, Kevin was going to put me over in a Carnage Cup, so I kind of already knew that was going to happen eventually. But then when Carnage Cup 10 rolled around, he said I was going to win it. And, you know, everybody else wanted to win Carnage Cup 10. You know, that was like the grand masterpiece of IWA Deep South was Carnage Cup 10. So everybody awarded it. And, you know, Kevin awarded, awarded it to me. So, yeah, it was uh, pretty emotional getting that. And if you haven't ever watched 10 Years of Carnage, it's definitely worth the watch. Definitely. I watched it a few months ago. Anyone out there, please, you have to watch this documentary. Some crazy stories over the, the years there of the Carnage Cup. Uh, so um, you did have that final Saw death match with Spider on April 29th, 2017 at Carnage Cup 11 um, from the uh, Sycamore Campground and Taco Shack in Iron City, Tennessee. Um but what I wanted to ask you here is because we've talked about him so much so far in this interview. Uh, what does he mean to your career in time of professional wrestling? Everything. Like without without Spider Boudreaux, my IWA legacy probably would not be nowhere near what it is. Like, you know, here in Alabama, everybody remembered me originally because of my matches with Phil Payne. Like me and Phil, you know, he's another local guy. But me and him would travel to every little town, put on the same match, you know, every week. And, you know, that's how the locals knew me. And, you know, that was obviously but before Carnage Cup 7 and kind of, you know, after Carnage Cup 7. But 
once I once I got in there with Spider, the whole John, you know, Angel of Death was born, and you know that took over the whole career of you know the biggest thing of my career. Right, that's really cool, bro. And may he rest in peace. Um, so uh, the next question, John. Uh, this was just a random thing that I saw on the internet. Um, I have to ask about this something called the IWA Deep South Angel of Death Tournament, uh, October 26, 2019, uh, at the fairgrounds in Carrollton, Georgia. Um, I haven't seen the show myself, but I've read some really harsh comments from uh, some people on the internet. One quote I read was, this is the worst show I've ever seen, but give it up for John Rare for having to put up with this for his retirement. Was this, Is this just someone who's being critical for no reason or, or did something go wrong on this day well let me tell you just the preparation for the angel of death tournament i wanted to quit wrestling before that just because of the hassle um people were trying to get this show canceled like every week and you know this was this is what before the covid yeah this was before covid so we don't know what the hell was going on, but like, like every week someone was calling the venue to try to get it canceled. Wow. If it wasn't like, you know, insurance, they were, you know, it was the most head headache show I've ever dealt with in my life. And then on top of it, we did have cancellations. You know, it was like every week something was wrong. And I'm talking months worth of every week. And I even told Kevin, I was like, I swear if one more fucking thing goes wrong, I'm not even going to be at the damn show. It was just, it was, yeah, it, it was a headache to even get to the show. Now, I, I still stand by my word when it comes to this. A lot of younger talent was on this show. And, you know, I think a lot of the uh, crowd that did show up, which wasn't very many, I think it was only like 60 or so, but a lot of them didn't know the younger talent and I pushed Kevin to have the younger talent on the show. For one, a lot of the vets were the ones that backed out of the damn show. And, you know, why not give the younger generation this, uh, you know, platform and which on this show, if I'm correct, you got to introduce to uh, the black sheep, Cody McCauley, which goes by Tyler Graves now. And, you know, he's pretty well known in uh, uh, Georgia. Um, let's see, Jerry Nelms. I enjoyed working with Jerry Nelms, Travis Dykes, Blaine Evans. Everybody knows me and Blaine. Uh, Jay Impact, which a lot of people don't know Jay. He also goes by a Legato Vaughn now, but you know, he's a new religion brother of mine. It was just, I think a lot of people went from seeing the original card of the people that did back out to the younger people that we put on and the replacements, and they just wasn't happy with it. Right, fair enough. Well, thank you for that insight. Now, now I kind of have a bit of a backing story um, to, to all that. Um, that doesn't end up being your retirement as you continue to wrestle in, in 2020 and 2021, uh, particularly Carnage Cup 12 on October 9th last year, Carrollton, Georgia. You're against Blaine Evans. Um, I, I read about some stuff online about what happened uh, with this match. You get part, part of your finger cut off during the match. Uh, are you able to tell me what, what happened there? Well, you know, like, we wanted to do the basically the biggest fucking work that has ever been done. <laughs> and, like, we, you know, when we come up with the whole idea. Now, I, I will admit this. Like, when you watch it on camera, it don't look as smooth. 
as it should have. But you know, in a you know, in a chaotic situation like this, very few people knew what was happening. Like there was maybe six people in general that knew that my finger was coming off on this uh, show. We didn't want nobody knowing. So obviously, you know, there's going to be a lot of pissed off workers in the back. The fans, obviously, they're going to lose their shit when the, the finger falls on the damn mat. You have a nurse there, which is beyond funny because the nurse is like running behind me the whole time and jumps in our truck as we're trying to jump, uh, uh, pull off. And we're having to tell her, you know, get out of the vehicle, get out of the vehicle. We're leaving. Like it was, it was pure chaos. And obviously that was worldwide news within the next day. Cause we, <laughs> we, it blew up everywhere. And was that the aim? Was the aim to do something as crazy as this to, to get some attention and, 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 and get some eyeballs. Yes. Like I think <laughs> we fully accomplished it and like, you know, Kevin's idea obviously was to keep it as kayfabe as as possible. You know, he wanted it, everybody to think that my finger was gone. And for the, you know, obviously I stayed offline. I didn't talk to people. Uh, people would, people were trying to buy my finger online. There's a lot of <laughs> sick people in this world. Uh, and it was actually like the first time I actually broke the whole kayfabe on my finger. You know, still being there was like a Halloween video with my kids was the first time anybody's seen both of my hands since then. And then it kind of got out. He said, he still got his finger, <laughs> but like I kept it, I kept it as quiet as possible. And obviously Blaine Evans uh, put something on Facebook about, you know, he messed with the wrong motherfucker this time. Yeah. He, I cut his finger off and, you know, we were on like a British news thing. Like, like, like what we voted, it went worldwide. That's hilarious, bro. That's so awesome as well. Because uh, the thing is, like last, not last night, the night before when I was doing some research, I was like, I thought, I thought like there was legitimate hate because I, I read, I read his Facebook post. Uh, and now you tell, so I got worked and this is like so long ago as well. <laughs> so awesome stuff. Um, okay. Like a, a big thing coming up next year, Carnage Cup 13. Uh, what can people come to expect from this show? Your involvement is—is is this potentially John Rare's final rodeo? Yeah, we actually uh, on my YouTube channel. Me and Kevin did an interview, maybe about two months ago, where we did announce, you know, I'm retiring for real this time. Which every time that I've retired, I may have meant to retire, but either money has pulled me out of it, or you know, to help Kevin get out of some some shit whatever but um i'm actually moving now next year i'm actually moving to colorado next year so i told him i was like this is the final carnage cup i'm leaving my boots in the ring so carnage cup 13 uh will be my last rodeo win or lose uh that's it for me very cool bro so all you deep south fans out there you got one last chance to see the angel of death do his thing before he is out of there and over to Colorado. A uh, couple more questions here now, John. Uh, is there anybody from the history of deathmatch wrestling that you you haven't hadn't had the chance to work with that you wish you could have had a, a match with? 
I definitely would have loved to have got in there with Danny Havoc. Uh, you know, I've always said that Danny Havoc and Insane Lane's uh, razor blade match was like one of my favorite matches to watch. And it was a Carnage Cup match. But uh, watching that one kind of made me want to do a Carnage Cup. And, you know, I got to hang out with Danny at uh, Carnage Cup 5 as, as he was searching for some weed brownies with uh, Nick Gage, <laughs> which is a funny story. Uh, and then uh, he actually gave me some, you know, good words of wisdom before me and Spider's match at Carnage Cup 7 before the Saw match. Cause you know, he knew there was some crazy shit out there and he just, you know, he told me to be careful and, you know, don't, don't do nothing stupid, which is what we did. But, uh, you know, I, I would have said Danny, Danny Havoc for sure. That's a good choice there, bro. Um, I, I always ask this of the, the death match wrestlers, because sometimes we get an interesting response. Who is a pro wrestler that some may be surprised to hear that you're a fan of? Uh, Bob Ackland. <laughs> Fantastic choice. I like it. Very cool. Um, last question here before we get to our final segment on the show here, John. How do you hope to be remembered from your time in professional wrestling? You know, I said it. I think I said this after Carnage Cup 10, but I never wanted to be considered as, you know, the best ever, not even the best in Deep South. I just wanted to be remembered as one of the sickest ever. Like, never turned down a spot, you know, one of the only ones that will, you know, full on do razor wire. I've done, you know, like the fireworks, hell, I've been caught on fire. I've done all the, you know, the craziest shit that I can do. I just always wanted to be considered as one of the sickest. I think you, I think you've achieved that, my friend. Uh, so, okay, John, it's time to get to our final segment here on the show. It's about learning some of your favorite things. The first three are about wrestling, but the rest uh, not uh, so, John. Uh, as far as your fandom is concerned of pro wrestling, who is your favorite professional wrestler of all time? Uh, Steve Austin, honestly. Like, I loved Steve Austin. Like, I would say there was only one time that I did not like the man, and that's whenever he joined the damn WCW Alliance part. <laughs> but other than that, you know, I love I loved Steve from his ringmaster debut. And, you know, I, I would have probably liked him as uh, stunning in WCW, but I wasn't a WCW guy. So, you know, he came in as ringmaster to me. And even though I did know him from the ECW a uh, little bit back then, I, you know, he was the ringmaster to me from all the way till he retired. So it was Steve. Really good choice there. Uh, over the, okay, I think I know the answer to this one, but who would you say is your favorite opponent over the years? You know, it's always a it when you come down to actual matches and you know quality and everything, it's gotta be spider. But a close second and third, and a lot of people don't know them because they were the local guys, was you know, Phil Payne and Talon. Very cool. Um, if you could pick one match from your career that you would say was the favorite one that you performed in, what would it be? Uh <clears throat> it'd have to be Saul 3 honestly I always enjoyed that one and I thought that was just me and Spider's best work together even though a lot of people said you know the final Saul was one of our best you know I thought 
final saw was good. It was just that me and Spider were so fucked up with injuries. By the time we got to that third match, we could barely move. And, you know, we still went out there and just did what we could do. Very cool. Getting away from wrestling now. Uh, John, do you have a favorite book? You know, I really don't read, but the only the only book that really matters is the Bible. So that's that's a fair choice. We've had that answer on the show before. Um, do you have a favorite TV show? Uh, I've watched. I, I watch a lot of TV now compared to what I used to, but TV show in general, I like Supernatural. Uh. Here recently, I like American Horror Story, even though the newer seasons suck ass. <laughs> but Very uh, cool. That's some those are good choices. Um, do you have a favorite film? I, I've always been obsessed with Blair Witch Project. <laughs> found uh, found footage for me is a genre in itself that you know can't be touched, but. For some reason, as a kid, I don't remember how old I was when the Blair Witch came out, but like, I was obsessed with the movie. <laughs> the simple, the simple lighting, the you know, the technical part of it. You know, like I've directed a few films that are on YouTube and everything, and all, almost all of them are found footage. I'm just obsessed with the found footage uh, genre, and obviously the Blair Witch started that. So Blair Witch, hell, I got a Blair Witch tattoo on my back. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I remember when I was younger, I was very, I was too scared to watch it. But then when I was in my early 20s, I bought the DVD. I was like, I'm going to finally watch it. And I never had the balls to put it on. <laughs> uh, uh, do you have a, a favorite band or a favorite musical artist? Uh, my favorite band would be Marilyn Manson, Love Manson to Death. Uh, artist would be Eminem. But, uh, I listen to almost like every style of music there is. Yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm kind of the same. Uh, getting away from the arts now, John. Uh, do you have a favorite food? Anything Italian. If if you know me, it's Italian. Anything. I will. I can sit and eat noodles. You know, five times a day. <laughs> nice. Uh, do you have a favorite place to eat on the road? You know, d during my wrestling days, it was always McDonald's. It was just like the. Like when we were doing local shows, I swear we would drive, you know, 30 minutes to an hour to get paid like $20. And that $20 would go for a damn combo and gas every night. <laughs> but uh, now, usually anything Mexican, honestly. Very cool. Uh, we've only got three to go here, John. Do you have a favorite alcoholic beverage? You know, I haven't, I actually haven't drunk in over a year now, but it used to be a uh, gentleman Jack. Very nice choice. Uh, here comes the second last one, John. It's kind of the naughtiest one. It's, it's the favorite female body part. So John Ray sees a good looking lady, you know, where will your eyes go to first? Tits. Very nice answer. Very good. <laughs> and the last one here, John, uh, your favorite curse word. Favorite curse word? Yeah. Oh fuck! It's gotta be <laughs> fuck. It because I you you know obviously uh, being a Terry Funk uh, fan growing up from Stranglemania, I used the uh, funk you so much. Like my mom would be pissed off about it because I was only you know fifteen or so, 
And I'd be like, fuck you and fuck you. And I know what you're saying. I don't know. You don't. <laughs> uh, John, I want to give you the opportunity now. Anyone that's, you know, been a fan of yours over the years that is watching this interview. Uh, if you have any, you know, words that you want to put out there to, to any of your fans. Well, I've always just tried to, you know, give the best that I could do with the opportunities that I was given. And, you know, uh, IW Deep South gave me that platform for, you know, my whole career basically now. Uh, could have been there a lot longer if Kevin would have got me in the door quicker. I always mess with Kevin about that. Uh, he messed, he messed, he missed me about two years worth. Uh, and, uh, you know, definitely if you enjoy this business and you want to get in this business, go get trained. And, you know, a lot of people fuck with me when I say go get trained because, you know, I kind of came in the back door like that. I was doing backyard, getting trained and doing pro all at one damn time. So, you know, I stayed busy doing that, but I enjoyed backyard wrestling. And like the honest opinion is someone invited me to a backyard show this weekend. I would go and watch in a heartbeat without hesitation. <laughs> cool, John. Well, uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me here today. Uh, it, it's it's been real fun learning about your journey in the wrestling journey in the wrestling business. And I know you still got that last rodeo, that final chapter to go. So, um, uh, best of luck to you with that. And um, you know, just wanted to thank you again for your time. Oh yeah, thanks for having me on. No problem, John. And, and thank all of you out there for checking out the Insider's Edge podcast here on the WCWA Network. I'm California. This is my new friend, the Angel of Death, John Rare. And we will see you down the road. Thank you.